Well, good morning and happy Mother's Day. Hope you are all full. Uh, very good breakfast. Uh, and I got out of doing dishes because I'm standing here. So if that's what I got to do, I'm up here. They're back there doing dishes. So I'd like to welcome those that might be joining us online today. And, you know, I was really excited when I... Uh, heard I had the opportunity to get up here and do this on Mother's Day. And in all honesty, I thought this was going to be easy. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? So, you know, I, I'll sit down, I'll open my Bible up, I'll pray, I'll get my computer going. And you know what? After a couple hours, I'm sitting there with an open Bible, a blank computer screen. I got nothing. And uh, you know, this should be easy. And this kind of started looking kind of like a, uh, I was walking into a landmine. And uh, I just kept thinking to myself, you know, celebrating motherhood should be easy. You know, after all, I was blessed with a mother myself. I think we all were. This should be easy. I would start to go in one direction, thinking this, this is what I need to do. This is where I feel led to go. And then I know mm, that that's not going to work. And I feel led in another direction. I'd start to go that way. And it's like, you know, that experience isn't the same for everybody. So, you know, I've never been a mom. I don't, I can't identify with that experience. We're going to show you a video here in just a moment. And uh, I believe this will put some of this into perspective. Sometimes there's a song or a poem that can say a lot in just a few short words. If Kevin has that queued up.
Okay, so, you know, motherhood is not always as it is portrayed on a Mother's Day card. And by that, I mean it just, it doesn't fit neatly into a one-size-fits-all standard definition of motherhood. Every mother is going to face her own unique challenges. And there's often disappointments, just little disappointments, and there's so much exhilaration and even the littlest of victories. I imagine, because that's all I can do, is imagine that being a mom is kind of like being on a roller coaster. You have these just wonderful, exciting highs, and then you have these scary, heartbreaking lows. And while the modern observance of Mother's Day almost universally presents a one-dimensional version of what it means to be a mother, the biblical construction of motherhood is a little bit more diverse in the way it's constructed. Now, you won't find anything in the Bible that's going to declare something along the lines of, life doesn't come with the manual, it comes with the momual. I thought that was a funny one, but <laughs> that, that's not in the Bible. There's another one that says, uh, you know, the first 40 years of motherhood are always the toughest. <laughs> I, I kind of, I get that. But what you will find in the Bible is it's a more complex, it's a more nuanced version of motherhood. And I think it still resonates with us today. Now, women are uniquely created and gifted by God to fill the role of motherhood. God made men and women different, to fulfill different roles. And I'm not just referring to the physiological differences. Women are different than men in temperaments. They're much better at interpersonal communication. I can vouch for that one. <laughs> <laughs> and most would agree that women are just more nurturing than men are. And I see that every day in my job. Women just take on that nurturing role like I don't think men can. Now, I have read studies that try to explain this away. And some say it's a difference in hormones and body chemistry, and others still say it's directly related to the societal norms and, and just the traditional roles that we have for mothers. And you will actually read studies out there that say there's no difference at all. God created men and women with unique differences and unique strengths and weaknesses that when brought together bring balance to a family, and it brings balance to relationships. And although men and women are different, our roles are different, but we are still equally valued to God. Now, the world defines motherhood in countless ways. If you're to go, and I actually did this, you go on Amazon and you look up books on how to be a mom, and you can scroll through page after page of book titles that are available for you. You'll find topics ranging from childbirth to how to be a working mom to uh, how to be a grandmother. And I didn't write it down. If you look at the bottom, there's just the page list goes on forever. Now, if you were to pick up one of these books from say the 60s, 70s, 80s, or really any point in history, you would see that advice changes a lot over time. And I still remember with my own kids, 
There was the debate over letting babies sleep on their stomach or on their back. Uh, that was still going on then. Uh, so things change. Advice changes. This does not. The Bible is always steadfast and true. So, kind of lost my place. The Bible defines and advises motherhood in only way, and this is godly motherhood. And I came across an author, her name is Elizabeth George, and she defines the godly mother as one who loves the Lord her God with all her heart, her soul, her mind, and strength. And then passionately, consistently, and unrelentingly teaches her children to do the same. So to have the right understanding of godly parenting, a Christian mother recognizes that biblical motherhood is not going to be a popularity contest. It is not about being your child's best friend. It's not about conforming to the whims that this world offers it is a commitment to God's standard of life and motherhood. A godly mom is going to choose not to worry about gaining worldly acceptance and trying to meet unrealistic expectations. And it seems that today mothers are being fed a steady diet of what the world thinks motherhood ought to be. And you should be working at your career and just let somebody else raise your kid. You should trust the school system to have your child's best interest at heart. You should be spending all your time and money on the latest fad and the latest gadget to come out. No. Next time you go to a restaurant, and I've done this several times, just kind of look around. See how many people, families are sitting at a table just like this on their phones. They're not communicating. And it's really hard for me to pass judgment on that because I, I have to admit I've done the same thing. Try not to. <laughs> But I'm guilty of that too, and that's kind of the way our society is, society is going. If you look at Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, verse 18, it says, And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with you. So instead, devote yourself to living in a way that is pleasing to God. And then if you go to Psalm 111, verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belong eternal praise. So drawing wisdom and guidance from the Bible, a Christian mother will partner with God and her husband to build a solid foundation for their home. I realize there are widows, there are single mothers out there that are fantastic mothers and they partner with their church, with their family, Proverbs 14.1 says, The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down with her hands. Now realize that the home is central to the family. The godly mother works with her family as a team to lead the family in worship, to lead the family in prayer, and the reading of the Bible. Children are like, are they're like little sponges that will absorb everything you say and do. You don't believe that? Just let one profane word slip and see what happens. That's, yeah. that's the word they're going to remember. They, they, your kids are watching you. They will notice how you relate 
to your spouse. They will notice how you relate to your family, and they're going to notice how you relate to others. So be mindful of everything that influences your thoughts, your actions, and your emotions. If you look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. So recognize that what goes in is going to eventually come out. When the Holy Spirit convicts you of a sin, or even a thought, or a material possession, or a habit that is causing you to compromise your beliefs and your values, surrender them to God without delay. Realize that the things that you consume on TV, the news, Facebook, eventually, that's going to have an effect on you spiritually. And that is going to trickle down to your children. It's going to trickle down to your relationships. You are, in fact, a missionary in your own home. And this is a big part of your ministry, if not the most important part. Ministry isn't just something that's going to happen out in the mission field. It's not just something that's going to happen here in the church. It happens every day in the seemingly routine and ordinary moments that are going to unfold within the four walls of your home. Your service to God is an act of wholehearted praise and worship. Your service, uh, engage your children about their concerns. There are so many challenges facing us today and facing your children today. Be ready to reveal to your children how to see the world and the current events that are happening around us. Help them to see that through the lens of Scripture. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Teach your children the right way. Teach them the way to see the world and interpret it from a biblical perspective. Now, sometimes, despite your best efforts, children go astray. And the influence of this world is powerful. The young in our society are constantly being pushed and pulled and shoved into this secular morass that it's just right is wrong, wrong is right. We are told to believe their lies instead of our own eyes. The enemy of Christ, they are quick to slap a derogatory label on anyone who doesn't toe the line of lies. The enemy, Satan, is determined to prevent your children from walking in the way of the Lord. And as the father of lies, his deception is incredibly strong. A battle is being waged over our children's lives. We have to fight for our children, especially when belief in the lies and blindness to truth Keep them from fighting the battle for themselves. And I realize we have no guarantee of our children's salvation or the outcome that we might desire, but we can be confident that God is faithful to his promise to hear our prayers. Now, our children can run from us. They can run from our influence. They can run from everything that we know to be true. They can run from the truths that we have diligently taught them, but there is one thing our children can never outrun, 
They'll never be able to outrun our prayers. And one more time, because this one's important, our children cannot outrun our prayers. That is one of the great weapons that God has given us as parents to fight against the world's pull, against the enemy's schemes. Lift up your children in prayer. And we even have an example of this. If you look at Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32, this is Christ praying for Peter. And he says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brother. Now, although, you know, Peter was a believer and our children might not be. But we still pray to God that he would rescue our children from the powers of Satan. Give them the faith in Christ to use to their advantage and to advance the gospel and strengthen other believers. Colossians 4 verse 2 says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Prayer is a powerful tool. Pray daily for your children. Pray that they are not deceived by the lies of the world. Pray for their salvation and ask God to give them teachable hearts so that they might be ready to receive and accept the blessings of engaging and trusting in God's word. There's really... Not uh, lifting up your children in prayer is probably the most important thing that we can do as parents. Now, just a quick question. How many of you were blessed enough to be born to this world? <laughs> hey, I can tell if you're lying, all right? <laughs> so you have a mother. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that every mother is going to be perfect. We all have our trials to go through. But this Mother's Day, I ask you to be thankful that one, the, for the one that God gave that privilege to. You, too, have a role to play in this Mother's Day. But not just Mother's Day. It is every day. You are to honor your mother every single day. Now, if you go to Exodus chapter 23 through 17, you will find that God lays out the Ten Commandments for his people. And I want you to pay special attention to how these are laid out. I think they were put in this order for a reason. So the first four commandments are a vertical relationship to God. The next commandments deal with the relationship horizontal with people. Commandments one through four teach the love of God. Commandments 5 through 10, love of others. Yes, there is a specific order, so let's just kind of take a look at them as they are ordered. So you look at the first one, you shall have no other God before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth below or in the waters below, or beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers for the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. And I'm just going to kind of paraphrase here the next one, number six. Wow, my numbers are a lot different than yours. But 
Uh, I'm going by verse, but you have, you shall, I'm way off, but honor your mother and father. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear uh, false witness against your neighbor, and you shall not covet. So there it is. It's the fifth command. It's right there in verse 13. The first of the commandments having to do with the relationships with people. The only horizontal command that gives us an action to take. Honor your father and your mother so you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now this seems pretty straightforward. This is very clearly worded. There is not a bit of ambiguity there. And this is not just a mere suggestion. This command is repeated twice in the Old Testament. You will find it here in Exodus 20. You will also find it in Deuteronomy 5.16. Now the same command appears six times in the New Testament. You will find it in Matthew chapter 15 verse 4. You will find it in Matthew 19.19. 19. You will find it in Mark 7.10. Mark 10, 19, Luke 18, 20, and Ephesians 6, 2. And by my count, that's eight times. I went to Kalama High School, so fingers. So I'm not going to sit here and read them all to you. I'm just going to kind of leave that as your homework assignment. But it's all the same commandment. Now, do I need to really remind you that if something gets repeated often in the Bible, you probably ought to pay attention. This is going to be important. The command to honor your father and mother is important to God. The relationship with our parents is so significant that it is the first earthly relationship addressed in the commandments. And it's the only one that comes with a blessing from God that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And just kind of as a means of reference, it's just above murder in the list of commandments, and I think it's there for a reason. We should honor our parents, and we need to listen to them. They just might have something that we can use. So children of all ages and all stages of life, honor your mother. A mother's role is appointed by God. A mother's role is important to God. And she is on the front lines for you. She is deep in the trenches. And she is there praying for you and on your behalf. She is praying for the things that she knows will bring you happiness. She is there praying for your safety. She is there praying for your health. And she is there praying for your salvation. And a mother knows that her job is never done. So to all you mothers out there, thank you. Now, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the godly mothers and the godly women in our lives. You have created them unique and beautiful, and you have given them such a wonderful purpose. Father, give each of these mothers the strength to do your will, the strength to stand and defend their, and defend their children, from the world through teaching and prayer and give them the strength and the confidence to guide their children in your ways and your truth. Help us, Father, to be mindful of our own mothers and the mothers around us 
and to honor them, not just today, but every day as that is your will. In Jesus' name, amen.